Hey everybody, Taylor here today. Welcome to the first ever episode two of the Roots of Life podcast. I am your host, Taylor Jean, with my co-host, James Fitzgerald. We're going to get into it today um, and talk about some things that inspire us, some creativity, things that get us going in the day, and ways to inspire ourselves and take care of ourselves to really drive our lives forward and help inspire our creativity. I think it's super important. I want to give a shout out to Jonathan Gaucher and Katie Churchill and Valerie. Yes, Valerie Brown. Yes, Valerie Brown. Thank you so much uh, for helping us and just believing in us and giving the us the opportunity to help get this moving we really appreciate it uh jimmy how are you doing today great man got my internet set up so I'm that's always a, that's a good feeling right <laughs> oh yeah it, it's crazy how hard it is to live without the internet these days yeah it's really difficult <laughs> yeah are, are you set up in your house in terms of if there was a power outage like do you have candles and ways that you would be able to survive for days without power or internet? I'm guessing that you have a lot of books you would read. I have lots of books. I have lots of candles. We, uh, most nights just have candlelight cause they're great. Um, and yeah, I have all sorts of frozen water, stuff like that. That's good. So you, so you are prepared in the event that something happens. Oh Yeah. Is are the is the candlelight is that something uh, chosen by the girlfriend or is that a preference by you? Actually, it's more of a preference by me. She prefers to have the, all the lights on in the house, and I turn them all off and just use candles. Why do you think it is that you like candles? Um, I find that uh, I'm more able to uh, get into whatever creative venture I'm doing at night when I'm doing when I have the candlelight, and it actually helps me uh, get to get to sleep faster without having the blue light every night. I, yeah, I've read especially that, uh, the red light or candlelight, or you can get apps for your phone that give you the red light to help you fall asleep. And I think sleep is definitely a really important part of everyday life when it comes to trying to be creative and productive. Yeah. I've actually, I have an app on my computer and on my phone, on my desktop and my laptop. Uh, it's called flux. What it does is you set a timer and you can tell it what time you want to go to bed, what time your wake up is, and what it will do is a certain number of hours before you said that you want to go to bed, say you set it for 10 p.m. around like five or however many hours beforehand, it'll start to slowly reduce. I think it's the blue light, isn't it, on your computer? Yeah, the, the one that's really harsh so in your eyes. Right, so it yeah. slowly reduces that um, so that you don't even notice it really. But by the if you're on your computer for majority of the night, by the time you're ready to go to bed, your eyes have already adjusted to this, and it's it makes it a lot easier to go to sleep. So I think it really promotes like a a healthy sleep. It's same in the morning. So I set it so that if I do wake up and look at my phone right away, as sometimes we all do, I think it's a pretty common thing for people to do that these days. Common bad habit. <laughs> it is a really bad habit, you know, that the second you wake up, the first thing you want to do is find out what everybody's doing what's the newest thing on twitter who's talking what happened in the news right it, it's so weird that we're just so attached all the time yeah every morning i'm always like first thing i do grab my phone check the time see if there's any group messages see if anybody's liked my stuff on instagram all vain things that i really don't need to do so recently i started practicing with a book to help uh, drive my creativity forward. And this book talks about certain practices and things that you can start doing to really help that. Uh, I did forward that to you, and I think you've been using yes, it a little did. bit now. How yeah, have you been finding it? How, well, it's still something. It really starts. I found that when I first did it, it didn't take long for me to notice any some effects. Like I instantly noticed my energy levels were up and my mornings were better. I would have more productive days. Uh, even just the slightest bit, I found it really helped. Oh, definitely. Every morning, um, part of the book is to do the morning pages where you write three pages. Um, and then like three pages of anything off the top of your head. I find many mornings I'm able to do it quite easily 
I can fill those three pages, no problem. Lots of mornings, or I guess I've only been doing it for a week, but a couple mornings I've had a lot, a lot of trouble. I can't get more than a page easily. It takes a lot longer. So I struggled with that a couple times, but by the end of it, I find that during the day I'm a lot more productive. I feel like I just want to get more things done. I don't have as much on my mind because I've written it down in the morning as soon as I get up. There's been a few, quite a few times where I've been interrupted or something while I'm writing them, so I don't get them done right away, which I feel like it would be a lot better if I did get it done right away. But I do end up being more productive, getting more done, feeling better about what I've gotten done during the day. And yeah, I haven't done too many of the other assignments in it, but the morning pages have definitely been very interesting to see how they've affected me. Yeah, the morning pages are definitely the stepping stone to the development of the program and the way you work through it. It will say in the book that if you don't think the morning pages are working for you, they're working for you. You just don't know it. And maybe it's not clear and on the surface for you. But throughout the course of over the weeks, as you work through the course, it will become more evident and you will notice the change and the shift in your consciousness. And the things that the book asks you to do, you'll start to do these things and you'll just notice uh, all these small changes in your life that you're making. And it's just amazing what it can do for you. So one thing I actually have noticed about it, uh, it brought up some like deep stuff that I didn't really know was like a problem for me, like when I was writing. And it's just weird little things like family interactions and stuff like that that I'd never really thought very much about. But then I found I was able to write three pages about it in under 10 minutes and I didn't really know that it was something that troubled me but it came out and when I was done writing it I felt a lot better about it as well yeah so did that come up in your morning pages or because there is some exercises that I remember doing in the book back when I was in the beginning stages of it that kind of focused on some of that stuff so did that come up in the morning pages for you or did you stumble across that throughout your own thought process or was that something that came up in some of the exercises? That actually came up in the morning pages. There is a couple of the assignments that I didn't do. Uh, I call them assignments. Really, they're just your own choice. What, what you want to do it gives you a bunch of choices. Yeah, and you don't have to do them all right away if you don't want to. The book specifically says that if you don't feel like it, you know, they're not all there for you to do all at once you can they're there for you to go back to if you need to right weeks later yeah you feel that you're ready to do some of those exercises that maybe you avoided maybe you were too busy you make your way back to them and you can always go through them again later so one of those one of those assignments in the first week is affirmations which is basically writing things down that are positive uh, reinforcement to, to yourself and uh how you feel about yourself so writing that you are a good artist, a good creative person, you can do good with your art, things like that. And what you're supposed to do is look for parts when you're writing that in the back of your mind where you're thinking, no, you're not, something's wrong with you or whatever it is. And then you write those down and turn them into positive words as well instead of the, those negative words, which I feel like that would bring out a lot more other things as well. I haven't, I've only done it the one day. I was supposed to do it every day this week, but I didn't. But yeah, it was actually really interesting to, to write down positive things about myself and realize that I was also thinking while I was writing those down, the opposite of it. Yeah, that, that is, like I said before, just that slight shift in consciousness, right? Last week, we talked a lot about energy and just the things that come up when you try to shift those energies. And it's the simple put good energy into the world and good energy will come back to you. If you are a negative person and you just speak negativity a lot, then you will attract those things to your life and it will become obvious. What happens is when you make that shift in your train of thought from, I am not a creative person, I can't do this. And then you're like, oh, well, this book is telling me to write down the exact opposite. When you say 
that specific line, I'm not creative. And then you write down the affirmation for it, I am creative. And then you write that down five more times. So you're thinking it while you're writing it. Then you'll slowly begin to believe it. And then what happens is you slowly learn what is becomes your own truth that you have the power inside of you to do these things that you may have never thought you had the power to do before which is super amazing it just shows you the power that is the human mind and the power that we all have inside of us to make these changes so when we talk about when we think that we're not creative that ranks so true for me because I grew up around a lot of inspiring friends, uh, very creative people as yourself, Jimmy, and uh, John Sketchley being one of them. And I always felt inferior to the other people around me, the creative people that I, were, that I was friends with. And so that made it really hard for me. And I was always a very logical person. I understood that and I was okay with that. But with that logical thinking all the time, led me to believe that I wasn't creative. It always made me think that, like, it's just not for me. It doesn't work that way. It's okay. Like, uh, it's not a big deal. And then as time went on, I slowly wanted to find that creative side of me. Uh, for those that don't know, I work in the music industry. It was my creative avenue of choice to eventually start pursuing my art. And then we slowly wanted to find other ways to pursue our creativity as well. So we started this podcast. Uh, I go do art classes. I know Jimmy likes to do photography. So there's many things that we do to inspire ourselves. And it's great. But so it took a long time. And I always believed that I wasn't creative. And then this book, we sh I should probably say its name. It's uh, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. There's a couple other books. There's a trilogy. I haven't read the other two. I am loving the first one, The Artist's Way, as I work my way through it. I'm about five weeks in. It's a 12-week course. You read a chapter a week. You do some exercises. You do lots of writing. It's really a fun journey. Uh, if you like reading, or even if you don't, but you really want to maybe try and pursue some kind of creativity in your life for Creative Avenue, whether you want to be a musician, or you want to maybe write screenplays, or you want to play piano, or paint, or draw, or whatever the case may be, check it out. It's inspiring. It's awesome. We love it. Would you like to comment on maybe the most impactful part of the artist's way that you've found for yourself? I would have to say it's the morning pages, for sure. Like, 100%. I wake up in the morning. It's gotten me into this routine where if I had to work at 8 o'clock, I was getting up at 7, and I was probably showering, making coffee, and probably drinking my coffee on the way to work. And I was in this very unhealthy morning routine of just kind of whipping out of bed, trying to get every last minute of sleep I could get. And then I would rush my morning, and then I was out into the world for the day. Uh, I work pretty long days. I work sometimes 12 hours, 13-hour days. And that becomes quite a bit when I'm not giving myself that time in the morning to really check in with myself, ask myself how I'm doing. I'm just, like, rushing out the door, and that's that. And then by the time I get home, I'm just so burnt out. I probably didn't make a lunch that day or anything, so I probably had to spend $20 on food that day, which really cuts into the budget, my finances as well, which is just it's it's overwhelming really so what the morning pages did for me was i was able to wake up early uh i gave myself a half an hour so i mean i went from waking up probably an hour before i had to be at work to two hours uh i give myself a half an hour in the morning just to write the pages it's three pages so i mean it does take a little bit of time but it's totally worth it. And then on top of that, I've also found that I like to give myself more time in the morning. I'm cooking more. I'm planning more for my days. I'm writing out my to-do list each day to make sure that I'm accomplishing the things that I want to accomplish. I've got tasks for the day, whether they be small things or big things. If I'm working that day, obviously I, don't, I can't go running around while I'm at work. But there's small things that I can accomplish at work sometimes when I have some spare time on my computer or whatever it may be. So I find I really use the morning pages as a form of meditation, checking in with myself. Uh, like you said yourself, Jimmy, there's that part of it where some mornings you wake up and like I have more energy usually, but there's mornings where you wake up and you're tired 
and you're trying to wipe the sleep out of your eyes at the same time as you're trying to write. Sometimes I get so tired where I stop and I like sit there and like stare at the wall for 30 seconds i've done that i've also fallen asleep while writing yeah yeah and then you kind of go back to it and you're like okay and the idea of it is to write it as quick as possible right which is hard sometimes but you know it's all practice it's about doing the best you can and just really committing to it and it gets easier and easier the farther down the rabbit hole that you go so yeah i think that's definitely the strongest part that i found beneficial uh, the book says that, Julia Cameron says that the parts that you want to resist, like the exercises, uh, there's another crucial part of the book called your artist date uh, that you do weekly. And she says that the part that you want to resist is probably the part that you need most. So I found that the morning pages are coming generally pretty easy to me i don't mind waking up early sure it was hard at first when i had to start waking up earlier but uh it's a lot easier than some of the other stuff the other stuff i find makes you you get into some pretty deep stuff like that's why when you said that those uh encounters that you had as a child that you never really thought much about i found that a lot of that came up in some of the exercises that I was doing. That's the and thing. All of a I haven't sudden, done any of the other exercises. I've actually been avoiding them. Should see, do them. And that's, and that's what it is. So, right, you probably need those most. Yeah. So it, it's something that you'll get to, I'm sure, and it's great. And I ended up finding that when I did start them, I just had so much to say. I wrote pages and pages on these random topics that the book asks you to explore it, it talks to you about your childhood and it gets you thinking and sometimes it asks you a question like what was your favorite food as a kid and i'm sitting there and i'm thinking and i'm like i don't know myself well enough to answer that question i had to text my mom and be like what foods did i like as a kid and i thought that was pretty bad like how do you not how are you not able to answer that question like do you think that if you, someone asked you a random question like that you would be able to answer it off the top of your head would you find it difficult i was just thinking just now like what my favorite food as a kid was and i don't know what i would have answered as a kid other than like ice cream or something like that some super sweet thing that every kid is guaranteed to love yeah i don't know like actual food what it would be yeah, it was hard. And there's random things like that. And you wouldn't believe just how that makes you look inside yourself and make you start questioning what you know about yourself. So it's really a self-explorative book. Um, I've had a lot of fun with it. I highly suggest it. I'll say it once again. It's Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way. If you're interested, uh, in the Vancouver area, I know that there's multiple public libraries that have it. It's pretty easy to find it, like a Chapters or an Indigo. Amazon has it. It's not the most expensive book in the world. I've seen novels for twice the price, so don't hesitate. It's a great book. Uh, highly suggest it. You were speaking about your um, your self care routine in the morning, and I would like I would like to continue with those. Um, I I definitely find self care is very important when it comes to just being a healthy person, but it also helps with your, with your creativity or just feeling good feeling self kind of stuff. So what do you do throughout the week to keep yourself in a creative, productive mood? That's a great question to keep myself feeling good and to take care of myself is to do a lot of the little things. Uh, I don't, like clutter i find that physical clutter in my personal space in my household creates clutter in my mind and clutter in my life so i like to keep a clean house i find that that makes a huge difference i understand that some people aren't as tidy as others so that's maybe not something you have an interest in doing with that being said, I think if you have a clean kitchen, you are much more inclined to go in there and cook healthy foods and take care of your body and nourish it and take care of it the way that our bodies would like us to. I understand that's not always possible and I'm not perfect either, 
but I do the best that I can. I also do the little, I like to do the little things, exercise, right? I think that's important. You don't have to go to the gym. You don't have to go lift weights five days a week to be healthy. I do yoga a couple times a week. I might go for a 20 minute walk. I find that a walk can really make a difference in your state of mind that day. Maybe you woke up that morning, you just couldn't seem to get the Sandman out of your eyes and you're just kind of slugging a little bit. Take that time. I find it makes a huge difference when you don't have headphones in. I know that personally when I'm around the house and I'm doing things, I like to listen to podcasts. I like to have some kind of voice in my ear. It gives me something to listen to. But that time with yourself is very important. Sometimes you have to let there be silence. Because when there's silence, you get to listen to yourself speak. And that's when you will start uprooting all those negative things and kind of discovering what is there and what you can get rid of. That's exactly what I was speaking of. Getting rid of things physically will help you get rid of things mentally. But when you understand what the garbage is and all that stuff that's weighing you down, you'll be able to start moving those things out and pushing them out the door. And I find that really makes a difference with taking care of yourself. I like it. I I often go on hikes or just walks. Uh, today, while I was waiting for guy to come sit on my internet, I decided to just go for a walk down the block and back. Were you listening to music or anything like that while you were walking today? Not this time, no. Um, often I'll, I'll bring headphones when I go for hikes and stuff. Uh, I, try n- I try not to bring them, uh, especially because I go alone. And I have seen a few coyotes and things like that while I've been out. So I try to be more aware of what's going on. And I end up seeing more wildlife that way because I can hear them wherever they are as well. So I try I try more often to be out and experiencing nature while I'm there. So I try not to have headphones, but I do like to have my headphones when I go for walks uh, when I'm, say, like going down the street or something. But I didn't today. What do you end up thinking about when you're out doing that? Does your mind wander? Are you kind of focused? Are you more of a visual person? I know you're a photographer. You like to take photos of flowers. Uh, I know they're posted all over your Instagram. Very pretty. But do you find that you're a visual person in that aspect? Like when you're walking, when you go for a hike, do you look at things and intake that uh, data visually? Or are you more self-aware and concentrating on what's going on in your head? Um, it depends on the day, to be honest. There's lots of days where I go out and I have the intention of taking a few photos of different things that I see. And I get so distracted with my own thoughts that I completely forget to pull out my phone or camera to even take a picture. Uh, but then there's other days where my entire walk and touching things, looking at how different things blow in the wind, um, taking pictures of different landscapes, different uh, plants, flowers, animals, whatever I see. And then there's other days where I'm just listening to the way the way the world around me sounds because I actually beatbox as well. And lots of times I'll try and uh, find a beat within nature's um, sounds. Just something I do while I'm walking. It keeps me occupied. But yeah. What kind, so, but when you're in nature, like, what kind of sounds are you hearing? Oh, birds, the trees, they creak against each other. They, I don't know, the, the wind just makes cool so- sounds lots of times. That if you just listen to the way it flows, it's kind of cool. The birds singing the melodies for you? The birds singing the melodies, exactly. Sometimes you hear, like, a jackhammer or somebody with something going on and kind of has a bit of a beat to it. So... I don't know. It all just fits together here and there. It's not something I hear all the time, of course, but yeah, I try and find uh, music and everything while I'm, while I'm walking. Yeah, I understand that. Absolutely. Uh, what are some other things you do to take care of yourself, Jimmy? Do you, what do you find helps soothe your soul to the point where you might find some creative inspiration? Well, like we were talking about before, I love to have candles. I find like just the setting the mood with like a mellow candle lit living room. I'm um, really inclined to 
maybe do a bit of drawing or something like that. I do some coloring. I haven't been the healthiest person lately, so I haven't been um, doing much for exercise. Hiking is exercise. I'm gonna I'm gonna go hiking tomorrow, so don't tell me that's not exercise because I'll call you a liar. Oh, it's definitely it's definitely exercise. I just haven't been doing it enough. Right, but you you work long hours as well. Yeah. What, yeah. You you do twenty four hour work days sometimes, yeah, which is insane. And I thought I was the only person in the world that would do those until you started doing those recently, and you would tell me that, and I thought I was the crazy one. But you must be even crazier than me. Uh, the next two days, I have two twenty fours back to back, so forty eight hours straight. So you don't go home at all in those twenty four hours? No, no. Uh, what do you do in those 24 hours, Jimmy? Uh, well, I try and keep busy. I am being paid for it. So I try and make sure that I do all of the work that I have to get done, as well as whatever extra things I can finish while I'm there. I, they do give me a lot of stuff to do, lots of paperwork. Uh, there's lots of um, face-to-face work with the, the clients, the individuals that we work with. So... I do have lots to do uh, with the with those twenty fours. I am afforded a bit of time to sleep as well, so I don't have to be awake the whole time, which is great. Getting paid to sleep. How many how many people would love that job? <laughs> so great. <laughs> what is the relationship like uh, with your clients, Jimmy? There, I work with youth primarily, so lots of times I try and get them to do something fun and creative or something active. Because they're usually not very inclined to do that themselves. They'd just rather watch TV or just, like, hang out. So. I was probably the same way as a child, I think. I know I was. I know that I used to come over to your house and we would play PlayStation and Xbox and stuff when we were in There was a lot of Guitar Hero. Yeah, Guitar Hero. That was our jam back in the day. I remember that. Yeah. Now, moving forward with my life and just everything that I've been exploring, I don't even want my kids to have a TV. If I ever have kids, I guess that is. I'm not super set on the idea, but who knows? You can't really predict the future. Uh, With that being said, I've seen that the way the new generations coming up are glued to technology. Don't get me wrong. I'm addicted to my phone as well, just as much as the next person. I have it on me all the time. Like I said, I like to walk around and listen to podcasts throughout the day. There's nothing wrong with sitting down at the end of the night and watching a TV show. If you work hard, you are inclined to your recreation. Everybody works hard. You work hard to supply for your family, for yourself, whether you're in university or you're just working out of high school. Everybody deserves a break, and that is true. But to what extent do you have to cut it off? I've seen kids who don't do anything. And I don't want that for even young children that I know. Not even the children that will potentially be my kids. But I feel bad for kids who are glued in front of TVs and their PlayStations 24-7, their Xbox, or their phones. How, How do you think, working with youth, Jimmy, how do you... Do you have any techniques to getting these kids out from being in front of the TV or whatever they might be stuck to and giving them a creative avenue? Because you said they're pretty reluctant to do it. So do you have any techniques that you've developed yet or is that something you're still kind of exploring? For what we're talking about right now, this is going to sound very counterintuitive, but I sometimes I bring my PS4 and I tell them they can play it for a couple hours after we do physical activity, extra chores, and a bunch of stuff for the day. Uh, then I give them the PS4 to play for a couple hours, and that actually gets them to do work, to do more stuff, and they're more inclined to do it. They're excited because they know they have like a, a reward coming. There's an incentive there. There's an incentive to do those things. So I'm using their addiction basically to the technology, to the video games in, in my own way, like as an advantage. 
to de- to get in some active and stuff. Do you think that'll work out better for them in the future? Do you think that slowly through time? Because I think for me growing up, I, I did play sports and I did like going out and playing football and playing soccer with my friends. So I, it's not that I wasn't active. I just, I, I had a balance. And I think growing up, I had that balance. And I always had, the, I always got that dopamine drip from the the physical activities and the endorphins that it released through, through the activities. Do you think that through your technique there that they'll slowly start to get those dopamine drips and they'll start to enjoy the physical activities and the things that you're getting them to do? Or do you think it's just kind of, I don't know, you're enabling them to play more video games? Um, I, I don't think I'm enabling them simply because they do have their own systems, their older systems, and they'd be playing them all day if I wasn't giving them the option to play the newer one. And instead, I'm taking them out doing things and then giving them... I usually cap it at two to three hours for the day. I think that's reasonable. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. Um, Out of my eight-hour shift, they are with me for five to six hours doing something productive, chores, uh, errands, exercise. And then they come back and I give them two to three hours to play. And usually that is broken up as well with uh, my making them dinner or whatever it is. So, yeah, so they do, they do end up not playing very much with what I, with my system that I've been using, I guess, but I think they will end up being more inclined to go out and do the physical activity because they have experience doing it, um, going out more. That's that building confidence, right? Yeah, exactly. The first time you go play a sport, you're like, oh, this is nerve-wracking because I don't know how to play this. I've never done it before. And ultimately, I think people are afraid to fail. Oh, 100%. How many times did you not want to do something because you didn't want to look like a fool in front of your friends or colleagues? Like, how nervous were we when we first started, like, our first episode last week? Oh, absolutely. It was an experience, uh, one I probably won't forget, and I'm going to take with me in my mind to all the future episodes that we do. I feel like this one is already going much smoother, much more natural and fluid. So, yeah, I mean, that's just that thing, and I think that's why it's important for kids to get out. And explore the world, try new things, find out what they like, because if you don't do these things, if you don't play these sports, if you don't go do these art classes, you never know what you're going to like. When growing up, I did not play an instrument. I didn't care for it. I was not any good at it. Mind you, I didn't really try. I became 19, I started playing piano, and now... I'm a professional in the music industry. So, I mean, I'm not a professional musician. Let's get that straight for those of you that aren't familiar with the way the music industry works. But I work in the music industry as a professional. Growing up, that's never something I would have thought I'd done. But eventually, I tried something new. I found out from starting at one point with an instrument that there was other things that you can do within the industry and it led me to what will eventually be my full-time career i'm not gonna lie i had a feeling since i met you that you'd end up somewhere in either sports or the music industry because you're very heavily involved in both maybe not in playing the music when you were younger but i remember Every day you'd walk to school and you'd be so entranced in whatever music you were listening to, rapping along to it, singing along to it, that I could scare you every single morning by jumping in front of you. (laughs) All the time. Yeah, and that was all I ever wanted to talk to people about was music. Oh, yeah, I know. Like If if I was around my friends, it was always... Just I would just want to talk about whatever it was I was listening to, whether, like, I mean, I grew up listening to a lot of hip-hop. A lot of my friends listened to rock music, and uh, even then, I just, I would ask them questions about what they were listening to. That was, I always remember coming over to your house, because there was a f- time in, high, I think, probably high school, where 
like, because I went to a different high school after elementary school. So me and Jimmy went to different schools for a while. We would hang out the odd time. We didn't. We wouldn't see each other for maybe a few months or whatever. And I would ask him, like, Jimmy, what are you listening to these days? And he would just come up with most random bands <laughs> that, like, I had never heard of. I'm sure that many people probably have heard of them. They're probably not completely. But also, mind you, people, that this was pre-Spotify, pre-iTunes store. It's like back in, like, the LimeWire days and probably yeah. where you had... I don't know, maybe MySpace? Yeah, that's, I was using MySpace a lot to find music. I never used MySpace. I never got into that. I never understood it. I just I just found that you could find a lot of music on MySpace. I didn't care for any of the social media part except for the fact that they had music that I could find and then download on whatever illegal downloading thing I was using at the time. I always remember, did you not use a lot of web radio? Um... There was one, uh, Last FM, I believe, that I used. Um, not too many others. I don't think YouTube had really become a huge thing yet. No, I don't think YouTube was big at that time. It was around, but yeah. I don't think it was the... Pl- it definitely wasn't the platform that it is now, and especially for music. At that time, I think YouTube was more of a... This kid's getting shot with a paintball gun. Let's post it on YouTube so everybody can laugh at him. It was great. Do you remember the video Shoes? Yes. Shoes. Let's get some shoes. Let's get some shoes. That was so creative. I remember that being one of the first videos that I saw on YouTube. And I was just like, what is this? I had absolutely no concept of uh, videography or video editing or how that would have been done or posted online. It was intriguing, to say the the least. I think that it was well done, and I believe that they went on to make many more videos, and they probably made a hefty profit off it in the long run. I don't think YouTube was monetized back then, but I'm sure that led them on to many other great things. I would hope so. That was that was beautiful. Yeah, it was a great video. That was so funny. I was going to ask, do you do any... I know you do yoga, and you were saying that the morning pages, um, they feel like meditation to you. But do you do any other meditation? I do meditate inside the hot room. Okay. So I usually try and get to the yoga studio a few minutes early so I can get in, settle in. Let my muscles relax. Uh, I think I'm a generally kind of a tight person. I've got quite a few body injuries, so it's important for me to let my muscles relax before I start standing upside down and doing little twists on my head, which I don't actually do. I'm just making a bad joke. But um, So besides that, I do do a little bit of meditation. Uh, not a ton I really wish I would do more. It's one of those things that just like the morning pages or whatever, playing an instrument or drawing, it's a practice. It's Mm -hmm. not something that you're going to be perfect at the first day you do it. And I know it sounds very hokey pokey to a lot of people. You don't understand to lay there and breathe, but it's super easy. Anybody can do it. And all it is is lay there get comfortable, take a couple deep breaths, feel your muscles relax, and just listen to what your mind has to say. Focus on your breathing. Uh, It really just like helps calm your mind. It helps relieve stress. So I don't do a ton of meditation. I wish I would do more though. I do meditate generally for five or 10 minutes before I fall asleep. So I just... I do my night routine, I get my coffee ready so that it goes off in the morning, I brush my teeth, I crawl into bed, and then I like to sleep on my sides personally because way too uncomfortable to sleep on my back for an entire night, that's just me, everybody's different, Uh, so I will lay on my back and I will get, I usually will put my hands somewhere like on my stomach because I find it very relaxing my shoulders aren't all tight up by my ears or anything and and then I just kind of 
I slowly breathe. I kind of try and quiet my breathing. And then it's kind of interesting because you will feel your diaphragm uh, lift. You'll feel your diaphragm lift and then you'll feel it uh, tighten in towards the bed, I guess, as you exhale. And so it kind of gives you a sense of... It, it gives you a second sense of what your breathing is doing and it kind of helps you internalize it and f realize like how your body feels. So it's a very great way to relax. I find it helps me fall asleep faster because my muscles are relaxed, my mind's relaxed. If I've had a busy day, if I'm stressed out for whatever reason, then it really helps alleviate a lot of that and then it just calms my mind and I just find that I'm way more relaxed in the morning. I have a better sleep. It makes it easier to wake up. And and then I get to start my day again with my morning pages, which is just more meditation. So it's a great way just to like check in with yourself. Do you find that after say yoga, which is another form of meditation, you are more inclined to do something creative or more inspired to do something creative? And if, if not, where else does your inspiration come from? I heard you were taking art classes as well. Do you find it's you have uh, lots of inspiration when you're in those art classes or are you given a task to do? So the yoga, the yoga class, yes and no. One, it's a very physically exerting class. You sweat like crazy. So... Naturally, you need to hydrate yourself when you're finished or throughout as well. I have gotten busy after and forgotten to. Sometimes I will do a yoga class first thing in the morning and then I go to work after. So I don't necessarily have that inclination to be creative afterwards. And sometimes you're very tired. Sometimes, depending on how the class goes, how I'm feeling that day, I could be exhausted. And sometimes I just come home and I, all I want to do is sit down and relax. So there is that side of it. Sometimes I come out, I feel energized, I feel good, I'm ready to go. And yeah, I use that as inspiration because uh, usually my mind is very calm at the same time. I have time to focus on the things that I need to get done for the day. Whether, whatever that may be, if I wrote down on my to-do list that day that I want to play piano for a half an hour, then I am usually very motivated to do so. In terms of the art classes, I do enjoy them, but I don't do them for the sake of doing the art, if that makes sense. I use them to inspire my creativity in other ways. So I, I use them as a tool to... We were talking about affirmations before. Okay. So I've done these art classes where... I did one right before Halloween where I made a... It was like a candy jar out of clay. And we painted it on them like pumpkins. And naturally, I've never, I haven't done a ton of painting in my life. I haven't done a bunch of drawing. I haven't done much illustrative work. So... With that being said, I go into these classes and all I do is I try and go in there and I just create. What is one way to inspire your creativity? Create. And my one of my main objectives when I go in there is to not criticize my work. I just go in there with a smile on my face. I get to go talk to some nice people generally and I get to do a little bit of painting, I get to play with some clay, which very, it's like being a child, like, you just get to do these cool things that you don't necessarily think about doing as an adult, and you just, it's, it's so fun, like, the child in you comes out, and there's these, it's funny, because the people at the art studio are, like, kind of quirky, they're quirky artists, and they're really nice, and they're really friendly, and they just are, they laugh with you a lot, and they're just very nice. It's like, if, like, if you go to a restaurant, and this is your server for the night, your server is just so funny, and so quirky, that you just laugh the entire time you're with them. You're like, this is awesome, you're, like, such a cool person. Me and Jimmy have both worked in the service industry, so we always strive to 
help put a smile on somebody's face when they're out for the evening. We want to help make sure that they have the best evening possible. Obviously, in the service industry, that might be a little more difficult. Some things don't always go the way you plan, but that's okay. We do it. We keep a smile on. We try to make sure everybody has a good time. So with that being said, I go in there. I have a good time. I get to paint. I get to create. And I just try not to criticize myself. I work on my affirmations while I'm doing it. I'm like, I, I usually, I, I kind of chuckle at it to myself as I look at it. And in my head, I'm kind of like, this is pretty bad. But I kind of just laugh and I look at it and I put a smile on and I keep painting. And then by the time I'm done, I haven't said a bad thing about anyone or anything. I'm, I'm smiling and laughing at my work and I go home and I feel great. Now, maybe when I go home from those art sessions... I'm not going to go home and create, but what that's done is it's set my mind and it's inspired me. It's filled the pond. It's filled the well with food to eat for days to come. Okay. That makes sense. You fill a well up and if you don't fill that well, it's going to dry up. And I think that is what you have to do with your creativity and your inspiration. You have to inspire yourself regularly. Because if you don't, that well's going to dry up and you're going to have nothing to pull from anymore. You're going to get dehydrated. Maybe you're just, you're going to dry out. You're going to become tired. You're going to relentless and you're going to resent the work that you've done and that the work that you don't want to do. And then you're, you're going to become angry at yourself. And you're going to despise yourself for not doing the things that you truly want to do. You're just letting other things get in the way of it. You're not filling the well. You're not taking that time to take care of yourself and go out. And so what do you're saying you is a big part of your self-care is also actually actively being creative. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, you just have to do these little things. Sure. Two months ago, if somebody was like, hey, why don't you go do an art class? Why don't you go make a clay candy jar? I would have been like, I'm good, man. Like, that's probably not for me. Like, I'm no pottery master. But you know what? I thought about it. I was like, hey, that's cool. It doesn't even have to be art. It doesn't even have to be creative. It can be something, anything that is new. Maybe something you wouldn't have thought about doing. Or maybe it's that thing that, you kind of always wanted to do, but maybe you were scared to do. Okay. Right? Maybe maybe somebody said, maybe when you were growing up, you were like, oh, that'd be really cool. I really want to do that. And then Taylor comes walking along and it's like, Jimmy, you shouldn't do that. You're a loser. That's for girls. Well, now your best friend has said that to you or one of your good friends has said that to you. And now you feel bad and you don't want to do it anymore. But truly in your heart, the child in you, the, the the creative genius inside of you wanted to do that all along. So you're telling me I should do yoga? You should do yoga. Yes, absolutely. I know you've actually told me that before. So. <laughs> I probably <laughs> have. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's just important to try new things. Find ways to fill the well. Find ways to inspire yourself. Uh, I have I might go do... I, I was just looking into it the other day because... I. Again, I just wanted to try something new. I was like, what can I do? What is something that I want to do? Uh, I might go do some jujitsu. Oh, nice. I've actually wanted to do, to try out uh, Muay Thai, actually. Yeah. It, like So I was just like, you know, it'd be super cool. I did a class probably when I was like 16, and I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. Okay. And then I moved around and never, you know, I just kind of lost track of it. And I don't watch a ton of... UFC or anything. Sure, I watched the last card with Conor McGregor. I heard about Leo it. Alvarez. Yeah, it was pretty intense. Uh, Conor McGregor just destroyed Eddie Alvarez. He's now the first fighter in the UFC to ever hold two championship belts in different weight classes simultaneously. Oh, wow. So it was like a very big historic fight card for the UFC. So... Shout out to Conor McGregor. Dude's killing it. 
there you go. crazy Irish bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's something that I was thinking about doing because I kind of caught wind of it. There's a gym close to, I don't know, they call it a gym? They call it a dojo? Uh, I don't know. Dojo? I don't know. Maybe. I think they do boxing classes and stuff too. I think it's kind of like a mixed martial arts okay. studio gym. That sounds so, cool. You should definitely do yeah. it. Yeah. So there's something I'm looking into. It's kind of, you know, it's that thing though, right? Like I already do yoga a bunch of times a week. It's hard to commit to, you can't, you got to make sure not to spread yourself thin yeah. too, right? That becomes an issue as well. So like I was saying before, I think it, it makes a big difference to write down a to-do list each day or maybe for the week, whatever you feel adequate for you, because it gives you a sense of accomplishment when you do start to write those things off and and then you kind of have a sense of scope for your week of the things that you want to do. And you're able to kind of monitor it and make sure that it's proportionate to the time that you have available. And when there's one or two things that don't get crossed off that list, it's not really a big deal. Because you feel good because about all the things that you did accomplish. So try that tool out. Anyone who's listening, anybody who's interested, it, it really makes a difference, I find. But all right, Jimmy, I think uh, we're running close to our finish line for the evening. It's been a pleasure talking with you, my friend. If you had any one thing, last thing to say to the listeners out there, what would you say to them? Um, I would say just attempt each day to do something um, positive with your day. Try and have a happier outlook by doing so. And I would also like to say rest in peace to Leonard Cohen. He also died this week. If you don't know Leonard Cohen, he was a Canadian songwriter. He is also the original songwriter of the song Hallelujah, who inspired many other uh, artists and musicians to create covers and other versions of his original song. So, rest in peace, Leonard Cohen. He did a lot for the Canadian music scene. Uh, depending on when this gets posted, we have also started a Patreon page for the Roots of Life podcast. If anybody feels so inclined, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, you can make small donations. There's incentives to making different denominations on the site. You are helping us to keep this podcast going to help potentially get some more things that we require to make this audio sound better and to help us continue our creative endeavor. Is that not right, Jimmy? That's correct. We also have a an email address. You can reach us at um, rootsoflifepodcast at gmail.com. You can ask us questions, give us commentary, maybe throw out another topic for an episode to come anything like that it's up to you yeah i would really love to start engaging with some of the potential listeners out there so if anyone is listening please feel free to hit us up we want to hear from you we want to talk to you we love you all continue to be creative find that place in your heart where you find peace and you find the motivation to continue moving on we love you thank you have a great evening, everybody. Good night.